Oh my god, how are you? What the fuck is going on? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 30th of May, 2023. Fucking mate, I'm actually, I, I'm so psyched to have the podcast now to just talk for a bit. Oh my god, what a self centered psycho. How are you guys? Are you doing okay? Is your week. Are you fucking getting through your stuff? Do you have tasks? Are you doing them or are you running away? I've just spent... <laughs> I feel like today I've fucking absolutely crushed it. But I'm worried that maybe this is just like some kind of manic episode. <laughs> like, I just um, <clears throat> I just spent like... Three hours, it's 10.14pm right now on Monday evening. I just spent like three hours reconciling all of my fucking accounts for my comedy business. And you know what I did? You know what I did? Oh, I'll tell you what I did. I, oh, fuck off. Here we go. I uh, went into my bookkeeping software, Zero, and I was like, let me do, now that I've reconciled everything, like all of my, you know, all of the like expenses for travel and meals when I'm touring and shit, it all goes through the business. So it's like through the business account. Um, and I reconciled all of those things. So I like, what does reconciling mean? Do you guys know what that means? I'm trying to explain it in case you don't know what it means. Cause I don't know if everyone knows what it means, but you match the transactions in your bank up to like, that's what that was and that's what that was and whatever. Why isn't this fucking working? I'm opening my bookkeeping software now so I can explain to you the fucking absolute nightmare <laughs> that I just discovered. Because <laughs> I, So I reconciled it all and I was like, oh, sick. That means that I can do uh, like a few reports on how my business has performed. Cunt, you were working fucking 10 minutes ago. Oh, maybe it's not going to come up. Maybe my fucking things just decided to be a dick when I wanted to do it. Oh, my fucking podcast. Oh, the reports aren't coming up. Well, I can fucking rattle off the numbers off the top of my head anyway because that was so terrifying. <laughs> Basically, since the start of this financial year... Um, 1st of July, 2022, my operating, my gross income from comedy has been, uh, 37,000 Australian dollars. Pretty good. Pretty good. Actually, not unhappy about it. My operating expenses... <laughs> been $37,000. Um, so I don't know really how that matches up so well. I think I still don't quite understand the numbers, but seven and a half thousand dollars I spent on just the editing part of the documentary, another 4,000 on the filming. 
this documentary, man, it's on like 300 views on YouTube. <laughs> it's on 300 views. Oh, mate. I'm really proud of it. It's a great thing that I made and no one's ever going to watch it. Fucking hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just like part of why there's so much money and I went through the numbers and I kind of had a look at them a bit and I guess, yeah, that was a big expense. Seven and a half grand on the editing of that and four grand on the filming. Oh, God. Um, and then, yeah, like national travel w ran to like $14,000 of which most of that is me just buying food. Um, so a lot of it would be flights, I guess as well, but I reckon a big fat chunk of it would be me just spending money on coffee and fucking burgers and shit. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, Yeah. I guess I, what I was laughing at was just how frivolous I am with money and to see it laid out bare in like a profit and loss statement like that was just like where I'm at right now, I've actually had a fantastic week um, for like in the sense that I guess business-wise or like thinking about the future, I need a bit of tea. Oh my God. 37,000. Where, where did that money go? <laughs> where did it go, mate? Did you fucking... I, I wrote a line the other day that I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it good, but I think it's really funny. The line is um, when I'm talking about how bad I am with money, and uh, the fact that I have a $15,000 loan now and I say it's a miracle that when I got that loan, I didn't just, or no, maybe not that. No, no, no. Maybe something like I'm so bad with money. As soon as I got that loan, like I feel like I'm one just really convincing YouTube video away from Googling how many paintballs can you buy with 15 grand. It doesn't quite hit. I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I spend my money on stupid shit. So like what's the stupidest thing that I could think of? Heaps of paintballs. Just Googling. <laughs> Just like you get 15 grand in your bank account and you're like, <laughs> how many of whatever X stupid thing can I buy with $15,000? <laughs> and I feel like paintballs is the best example I could come up with. Maybe I can come up with a better example. Paintballs is a silly thing though. Ugh. $15,000 worth of paintballs. Like, what are you doing with all those paintballs, mate? <laughs> anyway, so at the start of this week, I uh, decided that the um, marketing platform that I was using, I didn't like it because one, it was too expensive for what I was getting and two, I didn't have full control and um, it feels like, yeah, my website was just kind of like, I, was, I had to pay the full amount to have it was all or nothing on these services and so I was basically renting my website so if I couldn't come up with 200 bucks a month then I wouldn't have a website and I don't like the idea of that. I like the idea that if I can't afford all that money I can drop down to a lower functionality. 
and still have a website. And I also didn't like the fact that I had to go through someone else to to um, use the website. So I migrated to a new platform. I made a whole new website myself. It was pretty easy. It took a while to kind of learn. Um, here, I wrote a poem about it. I want to go through a few of the poems I've written this week because I've been writing some nice poems. Uh, Vortex of words and menus dropping down like trees around a darkened forest path. As every tree begins to look the same, so do these words turn into hieroglyphs. I struggle on as trees block out the sun. That's how I felt when I was trying to navigate all of the fucking menus on MailChimp to build my website. It didn't make sense. It was very confusing and frustrating. You know, I'm really digging writing poems as a way to capture a moment because I've been keeping a journal since like 2019, I think, or 2018. But I always just write in prose and I write normal sentences. And when I read it back, I mean, I guess there's like, it, it does capture the moment that I was sitting there, but it's too, it's like a scatter shot. I don't never really know what to say. So I'm just like, I've done this and this and this thing and there's that and blah, blah, blah. But with a poem, it kind of feels like I have to focus in on the one moment. And it's a bit more evocative. I struggle on as trees block out the sun. You know, it's nice. I like it. I don't fucking know, mate. I don't know if these poems are good, but I like writing poetry. It's cool. And if you do it, it means you've got a big dick. <laughs> I'm having a good time today, mate. I'm having a fucking good time. So a part of what I've been thinking, I guess, and what I'm... Here's the sound of me just fucking trying to give myself a little pep talk again. Part of what I want to get a bit more serious about is like with this breakup, right? Me and my girlfriend broke up and what I kind of said that I was hoping for that relationship to be and what I've been saying for a bit now that I want in my life is I want to meet someone and I want to have a family, all right? That's what I want. I want to meet a girl and fall in love and be in love with that girl and build a relationship and then I want to start a family with them. That's what I want to do. It feels kind of scary to say that, like I'm admitting something and like, I don't know, but it's, that's what I want. Um, and uh, I guess like the idea of moving to the UK was very exciting and I think I still do want to do it, but I don't want to get too into the specifics of the relationship here, but um, how the question I've been asking myself is how realistic was it really for me to be moving to the UK and like in a relationship that has some kind of stability? Like if, if I want to start a family with someone, if I want to be available and ready to do that, I can't just be putting stickers <laughs> on the front of shops as a job. <laughs> like, as, as obvious as that sounds, <laughs> that's like, that's what I've been doing for work for the last year. Fuck, here's another poem I wrote about that. <laughs> another sticker stuck upon the glass of one more shop front, 20 more to go. A job that no one needs is somehow still a job that someone does. And for a year, I've wandered as that someone, as a ghost. That, 
That might be the best one this week, I reckon. What fucking let me read it again. <sighs> Another sticker stuck upon the glass of one more shop front. Twenty more to go. A job that no one needs is somehow still a job that someone does. And for a year, I've wandered as that someone, as a ghost. As a fucking ghost, man. This job, like, I go up to places and I don't want to annoy them. So it's gotten to the point where I just go and I'm like, hey, I'm doing this. And the look in my eyes, I can feel it. It's just like, just let me do it. So I can get out of your hair because I don't want to bother you. I know you don't care about this. I don't care about this. No one cares about this. No one fucking cares. But just... (sighs) I guess if I'm a little easier on myself, the reason that I've been doing it and that I didn't look for something more long-term or sustainable emotionally is because I had this idea that I was moving to the UK. So I'm just trying to do something to save money. And um, as it got closer to moving to the UK, it kind of became apparent to me that, um, and I mean, I guess anyone around me, that I didn't really have a plan for what work I was going to do when I got there. And that's a problem because you're moving to a new country. You've got a loan out. For 15 grand. Like, where's this money coming from? And I just, I had no fucking plan with it. And um, as brutal of a truth as this is, it's not a very, like, you can love someone and you can be in a, you know, be fucking good with each other and whatever. But if you're trying to, like, start a family and build something like that in the future, if that's the plan, (sighs) putting stickers up in the windows of stores and um, moving to a new city with $15,000 worth of debt on the other side of the world is just not a very attractive prospect. It's not a very strong foundation to be building on. Um, And I guess I I think I've been in a little bit of denial about that. So what I'm trying to do now and what I'm kind of excited about is to be a bit more serious about how I'm going to actually make money with the skill that I have as a comedian. And in the meantime, when I get back from the UK and Europe this year, which by the way, it's amazing that I get to do that every year, isn't it? Like that. And this year, like the fact that I'm going to be gone for all of July and I'm going to spend a bunch of money, like... That's kind of dumb, but in the future, I was just looking at my accounts then. The only really seriously profitable part of my year is Edinburgh. I made like fucking 18 grand in Edinburgh last year. It's incredible. (sighs) Anyway, when I get back, I'm going to fucking... I want to start back at the removals job that I had last year. It's a hard job, but it's honest work and that'll be good for me. And then while I do that, I think I'm going to start looking for other work that I can kind of sustainably do and enjoy or enjoy or just like bear for a period of time and have doing stand-up as just something that's fun. But then use my 
stand-up skill that I have. So here's the two ideas. One, the new website. I can make any pages I want on this website. So my friend who's a corporate speaker who's been a really an amazing friend to me, um, especially recently, she gives me corporate speaking uh, writing work sometimes. I've written jokes for her and I've kind of given her like coaching on my process of joke writing to help her make her speeches funnier. And she's always been very complimentary and generous with her praise about how much I've helped her in that. And she sent me a few other people to do the same thing with a couple of times and recently as well. And she kind of gave me the idea, gave me a little nudge in the direction of like, what if you set up a landing page on your website and advertise these services to people and be a bit more aggressive in like finding new clients. Like if I went on LinkedIn and found a bunch of people who are corporate speakers and just cold pitched them, hey, come and have a 10-minute consultation on Zoom with me. I'll tell you who I am. I'll tell you what I can do. Here's videos of my stand-up. Here's some testimonials from other people who I've helped like you. Maybe I could get some fucking clients and make a bit of money and have that be like a business on the side where it's like I'm not just relying on my pure creative endeavors to make money I'm actually using the skills that I have in a kind of way that's like I'm not 100% creatively fulfilled by teaching people how to write jokes and like mine their stories for jokes and whatever but it's it's close enough this is the thing that I've always I'm so fucking pig-headed man I've always resisted as like impure or kind of less than or like beneath me, the idea that I might use the skill that I've been developing out of joy and fun for 12 years, that I might use that to actually make some fucking money. Anytime anyone suggests like, what about this? Would you do it like this? It's always like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> Man, I was talking to my mom yesterday. 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 <laughs> yesterday was a beautiful day. Um, oh, the sun was shining. I had a car. I drove the car out to New Farm, which is a beautiful part of Brisbane, which is where I am, by the way, at the moment. <clears throat> And uh, got out of the car and I was just, I was listening to my, ma my man, Luca Muller, presenting on Triple J and uh, he played a great fucking song, man. Oh my God. What was that song? Let me find what that song was. It was so good. It was Tandy, no, Thandy Phoenix, Hot Sauce. Man, that was a fucking cool song. Um... He was just playing some great tunes and I was driving along. He's been on Triple J a bunch recently and it's really cool to hear my friend on Triple J, the radio station that I grew up listening to. It's just, it's fucking sick and I'm genuinely, uh, which is really nice to be able to say, I'm genuinely really happy for him that he's getting to do that and it seems like he's making inroads there. It's very exciting. So I was doing that, driving the car around and then I got out of the car and uh, went into this cafe. I had a wonderful coffee and sat there working on the website for a few hours um, and just like editing the new podcast, which by the way, will be out definitely 
both episodes for the like first week have been fully edited and uploaded and they're ready to go. I'm launching on Thursday the 1st. Is that the 1st? Thursday the 1st of June will be the first two episodes are still not drunk and I can... I can uh, release to you guys, you heard it here first, the first episodes will be Sashi Pereira and Ben Knight and I got some sick reels from both of those which I'm going to post all week and I'm really excited about what's happening with that. There's a page on my website for that as well. I've set aside Thursday as a day completely just for I'm going to be launching those, putting that out and then building pages on the website to get people to look at them and maybe making some ads. I don't know, mate. I don't fucking know. I'll just, oh, whatever. I'll do some stuff around that. But um, so I went to this cafe. Was this yesterday? Was it yesterday? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yesterday. Went into the cafe, did some work, came out, and then it was still sunny and I sat in the car and I called my mum and... Um, now, what did I say to my mum that I was going to say? I got back to the fucking place where I was and now I can't remember what I was saying to my mum. <sighs> I think I was basically just saying to her that I'm sick of being poor, man. I'm sick of just living this life where I'm just waiting for something to happen. I feel like I've been saying that for as long as I've been doing this podcast. That I feel like the worst parts of me are just waiting for something to happen. Oh, my God. Anyway, fuck, feels like enough of that. What else have I been doing this week, hey? Oh, mate, here's another nice poem. Apparently in Brisbane, it's, apparently in Brisbane you're allowed to use a power tool at fucking daybreak. The rules say 7 a.m. Good to know for when I smash that cunt's head into jelly with drills and saws at 7 on the dot. Woke up the other morning. Apparently in Brisbane you're allowed to have power tools working from seven in the morning on a fucking oh it was friday was it friday yeah it was friday still insane 7 a.m jesus christ also how's this the car that i got the other day from car next door i got it on saturday so because i drove down to the gold coast and then i wanted to drive back to brisbane and stay here and do some episodes of the podcast which i have done recording episodes of the new podcast um so i got this car i just got the cheapest one and uh i went down to get it um i found out very quickly that it didn't have a oh what's the funniest way to say this it didn't have a horn and that's annoying but the funny thing about the fact that it didn't have a horn was the time that it took me to figure that out <laughs> It's like a minute, <laughs> which really just goes to show how unhinged of a driver I am that I get in a car and within a minute I'm like, get the fuck! <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, cunt? <laughs> like I can't even just chill, you know, and I wasn't in a rush. I remember not being in a rush. I was all good. But <laughs> and then driving around for two days without a horn, <laughs> just like so many times, it really made me laugh every time. Maybe there should be no horns because it just made me realize what an angry fucking psycho I am. And then a couple times as well, 
because I didn't have a horn. Sometimes the horn is just like, oi, you know, like, hey, just so you know, shit's going on that you haven't realized yet because you are a fucking stupid cunt. Um, maybe it's not just talking. A couple times there were people, like there was someone in front of me who didn't catch a green light when the green light went and I could see they just weren't going to go. And I didn't have the horn to be like, beep, beep, beep. So, so I had the window down. So I just shouted out the window to them, which is so much more aggressive than the horn. I just shouted out the window at some poor person in their car like, Oi! Fucking cunt! <laughs> really unhinged stuff. And the car that I was driving was like a tiny... I can't remember what kind of car it was. It was like an Asian model. Oh, it was a Daihatsu. It was a Daihatsu. It was a, Daihatsu. It was a tiny little hatchback from 2005, I think it was. And... Um, so there's this tiny car driving along and then you don't know that the horn doesn't work. So you just see a guy just, rather than using the horn, screaming out of the window of his fucking old ass tiny hatchback car. <laughs> I wasn't putting good vibes out into the world this week, I don't think. I've been really stressed, man. I've, I've been, I guess, being in, away from home, being in another city. Like, I love Brisbane and I love my friends in Brisbane. I love the comedy scene here and fuck, there's been some good shows, man. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, just being in this city and like, dude, I mean, two years ago, a year and a, almost two, probably like 20 months ago when me and my, my last ex broke up, the first thing I did after that breakup also was go to Brisbane um, and I thought I was fine and I fucking wasn't fine. I was all over the place that trip, but like... Yeah, a couple people have been like, wasn't the last time I saw you or like the first time I met you that you were in the middle of a breakup? I was like, yeah, dude. I don't know what it is about Brisbane, mate. But yeah, what have I done? I went and saw my friend, my friend Reed Down's baby, grey comic, Reed Down, had a fucking baby, a three-week-old baby and I went there and visited... And it was just wonderful to hang out with her. We got Maccas. Just like had cuddles with her baby. Oh, for like half an hour and we talked shit about comedy and life and whatever. And yeah, that was great. Did my solo on Thursday in Brisbane. Thank you to everyone who came. We, let's call it sold out. It was like 50 something tickets out of 60. Close enough to sold out. Great show, really happy with it. Filmed it as well, might get a few reels out of that, which is nice. That's not a really really a priority for me at the moment, but whatever. It was good. Um, <clears throat> Wednesday night show was sick. The regular show that I emceed. Friday night show, oh boy. Oh baby, was the Friday night show an interesting show. It was a very, I want to be, I don't want to be a dick about this, but like I was emceeing, I didn't do well up top. I wasn't ready for the bomb. It took me a while to compose myself and be like, oh, I'm bombing. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> All right. Fuck. Let me get into this headspace then. Um, and then Heath Franklin went on first and he's, dude, I mean, such a strong clubby act who just has all the chops in the world. Fucking took it in the face from that crowd. 
And then whoever was on second didn't have a great set either. And then I went on after them and I was just like, look, guys, you really have the choice now. Like you're a tough audience. So at this point, your decision is either just try and enjoy the jokes that these comedians are giving to you at face value and laugh at them. Or if you're not doing that, which I feel like you guys aren't because for some reason, it's not even the fault of any individual in the crowd, but it's just for some reason, this configuration of people together in this space, in this time with these comedians, it's just not good. We're not connecting. I think I said something like, uh, I know you I know you guys like want this to be good and we're on the same team, but it just feels like we haven't started playing yet. And I said to him, you can either enjoy it on the face value of the jokes or... You cannot laugh at the jokes, which is what you've been doing, and then just watch the comedians in front of you slowly crumble and have that be the enjoyment that you take out of this show. So really, you've got kind of two shows going on right now and you can pick which one you want to watch. Um, I like saying that kind of shit. That's, the, that's something I've been saying lately or like, I guess for the past year or so, if I'm ever having a weird one and I can tell something's just kind of off, I give them that option. I'm like, you know, you can keep doing this if you want and I'm just going to suggest to you that it might be fun as you keep doing this to just watch me fucking immolate in front of you on stage because I do not have the emotional reserves to deal with your disapproval right now. (laughs) So I did that and then the act and then the break and then the second bit, I still did my new stuff. I talked about the breakup, which is what I've been doing on stage lately and it was nice. And uh, I feel like I connected with them and a couple of the punchlines did well and then another comic went on. But the headliner for this show is a friend of mine and uh, he's a newer comic. I would say he's a bit newer, but he's very successful on TikTok. And I guess this is just the world that we're in now where... You can be successful on TikTok, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be good at stand-up. But the people who like you on TikTok, who see you on TikTok and then they come, it doesn't really matter to them if you're good on TikTok. I don't know. I guess maybe there's some jealousy there for me, but to be honest, I'm not that envious of someone. Like, it's so fickle, man. I mean, I guess if you can just keep being good at TikTok, then you've always got an audience. But I would be so scared because no one really knows what the algorithm is or how it works. I just would be so scared that if all of my success was based off of like getting heaps of views online, what if at some point I just stopped being able to do that? And I don't know. Then you can't back it up. What I'm trying to say is this dude doesn't have the chops as a comic quite yet. And I think he will eventually. And he's a funny dude and he's smart and he works hard. But he was not ready to be thrown to the fucking wolves (laughs) of like a really tough Friday night at just a regular comedy club where it wasn't a room full of people who know him from social media. It was just a bunch of randoms and they hadn't been liking, you know, most of the rest of the show. And then this guy came on with his bits that are kind of tailored towards the crowd that he gets from the social media stuff. They're weird conceptual bits. They're 
kind of making fun of tropes in comedy. They're not really jokes at all. They're just kind of weird situations or like he's almost like acting out but with members of the audience and kind of being rude to them and that's kind of the joke. Yeah. And he was headlining. So he was booked to do 20 to 30. Uh, about 15 minutes in, um, he's, you know, doing all these bits and they're bombing and he goes, <laughs> he just was unraveling. <laughs> he just was like, this is the worst set I've had this year. <laughs> and he was like, it feels like it's on a downward trajectory because last night wasn't great and this is worse, you know. <laughs> like he was just really letting it all hang out, which to be honest, that I really love. Yeah, he was very honest. And he didn't bail. He didn't get off stage. It would be so easy. Like that, that is, I fuck, I've got all the respect in the world for that. Because man, he was fucking bombing. Like crazy. <clears throat> they didn't even hate him. They just were like completely confused. Why is this what's happening? What is supposed to be funny about this? Is this good? Does anyone like this? Oh, man, the confusion in the room. And then the last bit that he did was... Uh, was It was like a magic trick where everyone in the audience closes their eyes and then he takes all of his clothes off and switches. He puts his clothes on the clothes of an audience member and basically how that bit ends is just someone from the audience standing on stage draped in his clothes while he's at the back of the room wearing just undies and then he runs back onto stage and um, <laughs> they didn't go for that either. <laughs> it was one of the most fucking brutal things. And he knew it, man, and he was a champ about it. He took it on the chin. He went off stage. I, I saw him at the back of the room after the show. And then um, after him, there was a local Brisbane act who is doing real weird stuff, but um, I don't know. He's doing it. it yeah, the, the weird stuff that he's doing is really landing. I mean, this dude, his name is Ben Hunter. I realized this week, my one kind of main takeaway from the Brisbane comedy scene this week is Ben Hunter is going to be so fucking good. He did this bit. Uh, I just saw the first 10 minutes of his show. Um, and I would just, I walked past him as he was standing on stage and I was like, man, you know, like have a great show. I'm so sorry. I'm going to, went to see another show at the powerhouse, but I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not staying to see your show, but like you crushed on Wednesday and I'm sure this is going to be sick. And just like, Fuck yeah. And he's like, thanks, man. And I saw he was pouring honey into a cup. And I was like, what are you doing there? And he just goes, uh, um, I've got an ant opening for me. <laughs> and the way he said it was so funny. And the kind of things that he does on stage, I've like, from what I've seen, they're so like that. It just made me laugh. I was like, the idea of like, what's he going to do with this fucking ant? 
just imagining what that could possibly mean and knowing that I wasn't going to watch the show so I wasn't going to get to find out. I just, it fucking made me laugh so hard. I was like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's my question answered. Yeah, you're pouring honey into a cup because you've got an ant opening for you. Well, no further questions. <laughs> I did get to catch the start of the show. It was hilarious. And at one point, he had the ant open for him. I'm not going to tell you what it was because you're going to have to go see the show yourself. But it was hilarious. <clears throat> and then I'm looking from the back because I was waiting for my mate to come out. And then we were going to split a cab to um, to the powerhouse. And the ant opens for him. And then he comes on stage and he starts his act. And I turn around because I'm at the back of the room just looking through a door and uh, there's one of the local open mic acts standing next to me and he's got like a black funnel just t like strapped to his face. And I was just like, and he's looking at me and I'm like, oh my God, are you the ant? And he goes, no, I'm the ant eater. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? Like he's at the back of the room going to go on in a bit. To do some other fucking weird shit. Oh, man. I got to see that fucking whole show. Whatever it is. I'm a bit bummed that I missed it. But, and um, here's, I guess, I've been trying on the podcast to, I guess, relive great moments and high points for the week. And uh, my high point for this week was definitely going and seeing Shad and Pete Save the World at the Powerhouse on Friday night. Um, two great mates and they got a great show. They're, the show is people put their problems in a bucket written on post-it notes and then comedians have to pull them out and solve them. That's the premise of the show. It's a late night, drunk, boozy, mayhem show and um, they were filming it at the powerhouse in, the, in one of the rooms at the powerhouse. So they just they pulled out all the stops. They had Kirsty Wiebeck and Heath Franklin on, both great guests. They had... Uh, not a full, but like fairly full. I think they had like a hundred or so in. And, uh, <laughs> sorry. Have I finished my tea? I finished my tea. How about that? And the show was just so good. It went, it started great and it went better and better and better. And, uh, by the end, Heath Franklin just absolutely destroyed with some riff about, um, about how people play air guitar, but why don't they play other air instruments? So he, he was doing like air bagpipes, air harmonica, every time, like he was doing all like air flute, air trombone, whatever. And they were like completely losing control of the show to him because he was just killing so hard. And I think he was drunk. He'd done like five shows that day or something. And um, then, yeah, they tried to be like, all right, let's do one more problem to end the show. And uh, he just was like, <laughs> they're like trying to steer it back on course. And he was like, did someone say air kazoo? Or whatever? <laughs> like it's another fucking stupid instrument. And everyone was just like, ah, he's going again. Uh, the way he did it, like the way he was just like, yeah, you guys want more of this? And um, yeah, man. I mean, this, like that was just we were building to the crescendo of the show. There were all these callbacks with other things that happened in the crowd. And then the show ended. I was screaming laughing for the last probably 10 minutes of this show. And then uh, at the end of the show, they said, thank you and good night. 
and then they put on Jake, the guy who was doing sound, who's kind of part of the show as well, put on the um that sack uh, the what do you call it bagpipe song Scotland the Brave or whatever the fuck it is. He put that on the speaker as they left, and the whole audience, because we were all so excited because the show had been so good, we all sang it. <laughs> All together, spontaneously. Man, what a beautiful moment of crowd togetherness. Unprompted, just a spontaneous moment at the end of this incredible fucking show. I'm so excited for the guys that they got that filmed because they want to promote the show and I guess grow it and try and make it into a bigger thing and I think if they keep putting on shows like that you know there's no reason why they can't it was just fucking outstanding um so yeah that was the highlight of my week man I still haven't thought of a title for this week's podcast have I what am I gonna call the podcast this week maybe I'll call it giddy Hey, I've got a poem to read at the end of the pod here. It's not mine. It's someone else's poem. I'm still going on the Stephen Fry poetry book. I'm, I must be close to the end now. It's a slog, but I will get through it. I've resolved myself. I'm not putting this one down as tired as I am. The picture for this week is going to be a photo of Shad and Pete. Uh, it's a people taking pictures. Someone's taking a photo of Shad and Pete with a bunch of the audience from the show um after their show absolutely perfect um and uh you know what maybe the maybe the podcast this week's called shad and pete i think i might call it shad and pete because those guys fucking rock and their show was sick and i know that's going to be confusing and people are going to think that i'm interviewing them but i'm not interviewing them all right so suck shit um Here's this nice poem, and I might leave it at this. This I really like this poem. I, I, I like the rhyme scheme of it. I guess I can. You can kind of. What I'm finding with these poems is like sometimes you can't even really tell what it's about, but it's just about the language. But I feel like this one. You, it does feel like it's about something. Anyway, here it is. Love is sharper than stones or sticks. Lone as the sea and deeper blue. Loud in the night as a clock that ticks. Longer lived than the wandering Jew. Show me a love was done and through. Tell me a kiss escaped its debt. Son, to your death, you'll pay your due. Women and elephants never forget. Even a man, alas, would mix. Ever a man, oh sorry, ever a man, alas, would mix. Ever a man, hi-ho, must woo. So he's left in the world old fix. Thus is furthered the sale of rue. Son, your chances are thin and few. Won't you ponder before you're set? Shoot if you must, but hold in view. Women and elephants never forget. Down from Caesar, past Joints and Hicks, echoes the warning ever new. Though they're trained to amusing tricks, gentler they than a pigeon's coo. Careful son of the cursed two, either one is a dangerous pet. Natural history proves it true. Women and elephants never forget. Prince, a precept I'd leave for you, coined in Eden, existing yet. Skirt the parlour and shun the zoo. 
women and elephants never forget. Beautiful, huh? I really like that repeating motif at the end there. I like the way in the middle of that eight-line verse each time the rhyme scheme, it, it flips. It goes like A, B, A, B, B, A, B, A. It kind of turns in the middle with that rhyme one line after another on four and five. And I just love women and elephants never forget. It's like beware, don't be a fuckhead a little bit. Or maybe it's just stay away from women. I'm not sure, but it seems kind of silly and fun. It's not really saying stay away from women, but it is kind of like don't be a dick to women. Skirt the parlor and shun the zoo. Yeah, man, it's great. I think that's it. Thank you guys very much for listening. If you're liking the podcast, you know what to do. Five stars, Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love this podcast, look out on Thursday for the new podcast, Still Not Drunk, where I interview comedians and just people who I love about life and uh, loosely around drinking while we drink an alcohol-free beer. All right. Thank you guys very much. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.